Hello. Hello. Welcome to episode nine of Our Weird Life. My name's Jack. My name's Jodie. And it's a Sunday evening. It is a lovely, cosy Sunday evening. We've got the candles are burning. Yeah, I said it like that because I'm so excited for fall. Oh, and me. I call it fall now, isn't that weird? Oh, you American. Autumn. <laughs> I'm so excited for autumn. The colours, the slippers, the blankets. <laughs> oh. The warm jumpers. I'm just so excited. It's a great time of year, isn't it? Yeah, and everyone seems to love autumn fall. I don't, I don't know why that is, really. I think because it's a nice blend between it's cooling down from summer and it's heading towards winter, but it's not cold enough to be annoying. Yeah, you know, and you get uh, to wear coats again and jumpers and scarves and, like, all oh, the best great. stuff. Yeah. I just love being wrapped in blankets, do you know what I mean? And you can't beat the feel of a good jumper as well. Yeah, but know? it's not so cold that... You, it's like unbearable. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Especially yet. here as well. The um, with the surroundings and the mountains and stuff, mm. it, it's so vibrant. The colours, yeah, as it changes and the the leaves start changing colour. It really is beautiful. I've never I've never seen anything quite like it. No, it's just a shame that it doesn't last longer. Yeah, it's so brief. It's the same with spring, isn't it? The cherry blossom, it just comes and goes within two weeks. Yeah, I don't think a lot of people realise that. Maybe no, of course. because they think of Japan, they think of the cherry blossom season, but it's so so short. Well, I was just I was thinking actually the other day, the amount of people that would usually visit Japan to see, let's say, the cherry blossom or the the changing colours of the leaves in the autumn, the chances of them missing it, you know, are so it's very likely, isn't it? Because it's that yeah. fast. If you happen to be planning a trip to come over in for the cherry blossom season, make yeah. sure you check where the cherry blossom will be during your trip. Because oh, yeah. if you go like from Tokyo and you go a little bit up north, they, they one place will have cherry blossom and one won't. That's so right. It depends what you want to see with the cherry blossom. Well, it moves up from the south, doesn't it? Yeah. From right the way from Okinawa all yeah. the way up to... In like two-week periods. Yeah. As the weather warms up through the country, yeah. So... It's very fleeting though, so... Yeah. You might have to do a bit of travelling to catch up with it. Mm. So like down in Tokyo, the cherry blossom had gone by the time it had got to us um, a bit further up north. And it was very early this year, so it scuppered all the the usual plans and festivals that they have. I think mm. it had messed up all those. Oh, really? <laughs> things for, for tourism. Oh, really? I didn't yeah, know yeah. that. It was, it was very early this year in, in Tokyo. I, I thought remember, they just plan it around it, but... Yeah, I think they, they set certain festivals to happen mm. or, you know, gatherings maybe in for public. And, um, yeah, that was a bit higgledy-piggledy. I thought that was because of everything that was going on. Um, I guess that was a fact, but it was... That hadn't quite quite got to that point um, in Japan at that arena. So. Well, anyway, I'm so excited. Like, um, because literally yesterday, we woke up yesterday morning and it something changed, like the air had changed and it was actually cold in our house in the morning. And I was like, oh, God, it's coming. So today we went out and to our local shop, our local 100 yen shop, and I bought a brand new orange mug, and you bought a really nice navy blue one. Yeah, they go well together, and it it helps to uh, welcome in 
the autumn season. I oh, think. absolutely. And I bought um, a new little pumpkin, ceramic pumpkin candle holder. Yes. Absolutely need that. It's pretty cute. And I've already lit, if you can see behind me, Jack, I've lit some candles there. As I say, the candles are burning. First, it feels like the first day of autumn. It really does. Like today, so... It's nice, though. It's a, it's a good feeling. Yeah, it's very exciting. I don't know why, though, but I'm just very excited about it. I feel like this summer, it's felt like it's dragged on a little too long. You know, you're just sick of that intense humidity all That's the time. That's true. Yeah. I, I was actually fed up with it this year, you know. Yeah. And, and you never know what to wear either, because, you know, you have to be more uh, conservative when you're at school. Yeah. So you can't really wear, like, a nice summery dress. Well, I can, but it has to be, like, full-length sleeve or something, and it's, like... It's I always like, oh, wish I could sweating. wear shorts at school. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but I never feel... It doesn't feel quite right for some reason, so... No. Yeah, you end up sweating away in long trousers or... <laughs> yeah. You know, and shirts. Yeah, absolutely. I'm but anyway, excited. never mind. Excited for Halloween as well. Oh, my God. The best time of year. I know. And it's not the actual day. That's the exciting part. It's just, like, leading up to it and just... I love seeing, like, pumpkins and skulls everywhere. Yeah. Like, I just love... And, and I get to watch Nightmare Before Christmas from now until Christmas. Mm. So that's great. I love that. I love the music and everything. And I love Tim Burton. So that's just... It's just a fun season for me in general. No, I agree. It's great. I think this year I'm going to go through some of the... Like the really old horror films that I haven't seen in a long time. I was about to say that you're going to watch some horror films. Because there's a new, um, there's Doctor Sleep that just came out on Netflix. Oh, that's the sequel to The Shining. The Shining, yeah. And I really want to watch it because, hmm. I don't know, I just think that I just think that they would have done it really well. Well, you know the story because you read the book. The, the Shining, You read The Shining, yeah. haven't you? Yeah. Well, we both have, but neither of us have read Doctor Sleep, so. Oh, you haven't read Doctor Sleep? No. Oh, I thought you had. Honestly. When I, I saw it advertised because it was released when we were in the UK, but seeing that title, I had no idea it had any connection to The Shining. There's Me nothing neither. obvious in it to no. give that away. I remember seeing the cover and isn't it like green and it has a cat on the front? Something like that, yeah. And I remember thinking, I looked a bit, oh, you should never judge a book by its cover, obviously, but yeah. I remember thinking that it didn't look all that. Well, yeah, and also I, I don't know. And it's hard to say with Stephen King because I think a lot of his titles are very, uh, they don't give a lot away. Yeah. You know, which is, I guess, sometimes for the best. Yeah. But yeah, with Doctor Sleep, it just doesn't sound like anything else that he really has. I had no idea it was a sequel. When did he no. write it? I think it's been out. It must have been out about five plus years now. Oh. Mm. But the the, the so, film only came out fairly recently, I think. So I guess that's that is recent, like compared to The Shining. Oh yeah, well yeah. What did mean, that come out in the eighties or something? Yeah, it was either it was either end of the seventies or just the start of the eighties, but it's pretty pretty old now. I wonder if the the way they've done Doctor Sleep is like they've just shifted it right to modern time, or mm. have they kept it in that eighties feel because there is something so magical about 80s movies and like the whole 80s pop culture thing i just think there's something so magical about it oh absolutely 80s cinema is so it's got really has like a a thing doesn't it and people that are like were born in the 80s or like you know were teenagers in the 80s they just 
they have this like appreciation of like cinema books and and you know um, music they just they just have this sort of wide knowledge and wide appreciation of um and they just seem to know like good music and good books and good mo- and good movies and um yeah I'm a bit envious of that like I loved the 90s as well and the early 2000s and that whole thing that we did the whole punk and metal and rock thing like I really really loved that but yeah. I, I am a bit jealous of the 80s it just looked so fun well, it's also grown in appeal, I think, as we've just started to get a little older too. Like, I, yeah, I do true. remember a point where I wasn't very fond of it as a kid. I don't know why. That's true, actually. It was a bit like, Ugh. Yeah, there but, was like a... I, I don't know if tacky is the right word, but that's the way it felt. Yeah. Now, you go back and listen to the music and, as you say, in uh, cinema history, mm-hmm. it's huge. It's so influential. But then you say that, but a lot of your favourite bands started back in the 80s so that's true yeah so you you, they're still going when we were kids so we enjoyed their music too but Mm -hmm. you know like um you know they they would have been popular back then too so well i know metallica they they started their career at the the late 80s yeah still going strong so yeah we've got a lot to thank the 80s for i would say (laughs) (laughs) thank you 80s (laughs) (laughs) yeah but I don't know. I just, yeah, I just love, I just, I'm excited. Yeah, I mean, it's a good time of year. I think that's it though too, because you get to watch movies, you know what I mean? Mm. When it's like cold outside and you're just like, I don't need an excuse not to go out. It's cold, so I'm going to watch a movie. When it's hot and it's summer, you're like, I need, I have to go out, you have to do something. So It's just like an obligation for this time of year, isn't it? Yeah, it's nice to be able to stay in, you know, without having to, been told you have to stay (laughs) when you want to go out during the summer so I think like um it'll be more enjoyable I think for people to stay at home during the autumn and winter months I think so to be honest when I think about it now when I was a kid there were so many films that I would watch on repeat that were really 80s based you know things like back to the future and yeah um did you ever see Teen Wolf I don't think so so that was with the same. I can't think of his name now. Teen Wolf. Or teen, teen Wolf. Yeah. Team. No, Teen. Teen. Like teenager. Teen Wolf. No, I don't think so. There were so many of these films in the eighties, really like obscure storylines, mm. where he just random. I don't know if he got bitten or something. Oh no, that was it. When he got to, I think he was eighteen years old. He yeah. realised there was a a dodgy gene or something in this family where they were they were a family of werewolves oh and suddenly the the full moon comes out and he starts changing into a wolf but he only realizes this when he's a teenager yeah it's like he grows into it um and after he's made this transformation into the into the wolf he walks in on his dad who's shaving or something, and he he's, a, he's turned into a werewolf too. Uh, was it a cartoon? No, no, it was like a live-action thing. He's because a really good basketball player as well. I think they must have redone it, because look, this is like a modern version. Ah, uh, yeah, I haven't seen that. that. That looks more like a... Is it this one? A vampire. Yeah, that one there, see with the... Yeah. It's a... What's his name? Michael J. Fox. Yeah, he played. <laughs> he played the team wolf. But it was really kooky and a little bit goofy, and I always liked it though. 
I watched it so many times. Yeah. As a kid. And then Howard the Duck. I think I was talking to you I about that the other Howard day. I remember Howard the Duck, I think. Howard, Howard the Duck was, Duck. again, so weird. Ooh, no, I didn't see this. I was didn't thinking, you? no, I was thinking of that, that duck team, that hockey players. Oh, yeah. What's that called? Um, the Mighty Ducks. The Mighty Ducks, that's what I was thinking of. Yeah, I do remember that one, though. Howard the Duck was, again, really like a dark story. They had, loads, they had real darkness in the, in the writing. Like, do you remember the... No, uh, not the Mighty Ducks, not the Mighty Ducks. I just found a picture. That was 92. No, I wasn't thinking of that. But go on, carry on, sorry. Uh, Dark Crystal. Yeah. You know, all the, the weird puppetry and... I do love that, though. Bring back puppetry, yeah. please. I've said it once, I'll say it again. I, I love puppets. <laughs> I mean, I think they've tried to incorporate it in some modern stuff, too. Yeah. Because there's a lot of nostalgia around using the use of puppetry, you know. There's certain mm. things that you can't recapture with CGI. Absolutely. Um, like, like claymation, stop motion. Yeah. Bring abs- that back. Absolutely. Like Nightmare Before Christmas, you know, it's all that. They did it all with yeah, stop motion. principle, isn't it? I just think it's beautiful. Mm. I just love the way it looks. It has so much character to it. Like, it's just something sort of fun about the way they move and yeah um i just love it i think it's ironically it's more human than a lot of other like cgi yeah than cgi there's something in cgi it doesn't matter how advanced they get at it there's always a little Mm. thing that's missing yeah they have gotten very good at it admittedly now but even so the cgi that they're doing is using facial animation yeah you know they can't just create it from from using digital processes. Yeah, that's um, true. But yeah, puppetry and uh, true and y- the use of makeup and stuff, I, I mm. really, I've got so much respect for that. Yeah, there's something just, it's just that cinema magic, isn't it? There's something quite exciting about it. But I remember, I mean, it wasn't in the 80s, it was the early 90s, but I remember seeing the documentary on them making Jurassic Park. Oh, yeah. And they're making these full-scale models of a T-Rex and stuff and you've got teams of like, 50 people, mm. some working on the tails, some working on the head, a whole hangar bait. You've seen that thing, yeah? Yeah, it's like St- it's, it was Stan Winston Studios. Yeah, it, so. incredible workmanship mm. and engineering goes into those kind of things. I've got yeah. so much respect for that. And that, that can all be gone now. Yeah. You can just do it with a computer, which, again, is just as, I mean, difficult to program it and everything. Much faster. Oh, yeah, of course. Not, not, not taking away anything away. It's just a very different medium. Absolutely. Way of doing things. And I think there's something about actually touching it and seeing it as an actor as well. Well, that's the thing that I always think is maybe missing from modern performances. Mm. So you just imagine you're, you're acting and the thing that you're, let's say you've been attacked by something, is full scale. Yeah. Like it's the size of a, a car yeah. is coming towards you, and you can actually interact with that. Mm. The difference between that and you talking to a little miniature up in the you know the other side of the room, yeah. pretending that it's that same scale, that's got to be very. It's yeah. totally different. Like imagine if like Daenerys dragons were real, and she wasn't just on a big green. Exactly. <laughs> like <laughs> she was having horse. to interact with a big <laughs> animatronic or something, yeah. you know. I understand yeah. why it's expensive. It takes a long time. It does take a long time. Um, the fabrication and everything and underneath the animatronics, you know, like you said. And I think as well, 
they have a lot of pressure now to do with timescale. Maybe yes. they always did. I don't know. But I'm, I feel like now there's a lot of pressure to like, okay, come on, next, next, yeah, next. Yeah, they would take, used to take years to make movies, like three years. And now it's like three months. Did it. Do you remember how long it used to take for a uh, VHS to, to, to come out after, come the, out after, after you'd seen the, it in the movie? It oh was, my gosh. It was years? Yeah. I remember seeing Lord of the Rings and it, it honestly it felt like three years. I remember The Lion King, waiting for The Lion, Lion King to come out on yeah. VHS. Oh my gosh. But the anticipation though, yeah, that was worth its weight in gold too. Absolutely. Same with CDs. And be, it's become so quick now mm. that there is no anticipation because no. it's available digitally almost at the same time, if not sooner, than the, the cinema release, you know? Yeah. Weird. There's, there's, such a, there's, a flip around of... Uh, there's such a shame in that. Yeah. It really is. I agree. Because there's... What's the point if you can just get everything straight away? You know, the, I think that we need that, that time... We need that time in between and to to get excited, you know. I remember, like, knowing that an artist was going to release a CD and saving up my pocket money so that I knew on that day that I could afford that £13.99 for that CD or whatever it was, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like ten ninety nine. like, I just... So I knew that I, I could afford it and there was something really exciting about that. It was, it was a like big a, deal. It was right? like a young, a teenager, you know, or young um, kid. Yeah, the anticipation that we used to have for a lot of stuff. Mm. It's a, it is a bit of a shame that that's not quite. I wonder where you, in what industries do you think that still exists? Anticipation, we have to wait for stuff. I Every, don't know. Because everything feels so quick. Now. It's like you can't even wait. 30 seconds for an advert on YouTube. You have to wait. You wait five <laughs> seconds. And the moment those five seconds have ticked down, skip ad. Yeah. Immediately. Absolutely. Like you ca- you cannot even wait 30 seconds for that ad to be over so that your favourite YouTuber, whoever you're watching, mm. gets the money for you actually watching the advert. You can't even do that. Like you, you just have to press skip ad like as fast as possible. And that is just... Everything's about speed, and we feel this incessant need to have everything now, now, mm. now. It's got to be quicker. And you go back, I mean, only when was dial up a thing? Was that 10, 15 years ago, maybe? <laughs> I think I was about, I think I was about maybe six or seven okay. years old. Right. So, so longer, yeah. 20 plus 20 years, years ago. Years, yeah. You know, you go back to dial up, which is still, it's recent. Yeah. It's still relatively recent. Um, the time you had to wait, not only just to connect to the internet, but for <laughs> pages to... Yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> weird... <laughs> all those weird bloops and stuff you had to wait for. Yeah. Just to connect to the internet. Yeah. And then to go to a website. You know, mm. all those things which now are literally blink of an eye. Yeah, do you remember the, the how the page used to load, like from the top <laughs> down, and you'd get it in like bars? It was like a piece of wrapping paper that was being rolled gradually off the really roll. Really slowly. Yeah. And then it gets stuck, <laughs> like the last one. And they looked old. How can something look old when it's brand new? Like it had a, it, there was something about a web page which I remember, and this isn't this isn't from perspective of, of like a modern day web page. Mm. I remember every time I would go to a website thinking. This looks 
dated. I know why. Go on. Because at first they were they were like, oh, it's going to be like a business thing. It's going to be used for business. That's very So true. it had like a mature look to it. Yeah. But as a kid, you log on to play, I used to play Adibu. Do you know Adibu? Adibu? Adibu, yeah. I don't know Adibu. I know Habbo Hotel. No, no, this was earlier than that. I oh, was, was it? I was like a child. It was a child's game. Oh. Adi. Adibu. Adibu. Was it Boo? A Boo. I don't know. Hold on. Let me find it. Yep. This is it. Adibu. What, what was the gist of Adibu? So you see, this, it was like a little gremlin guy, hmm. creature. I don't know what he is, an elf. And this is exactly what it was like that. There was like, he lived in the forest and you, you like clicked around his house and you could paint things. And there was like mini games in that game. Um, and that's what I used to go on the computer to play. So, you know, I'd sit on the computer and it was like a floppy disk. It wasn't, um, <laughs> it wasn't a CD. Yeah. Cause we were really, really lucky, um, to get a computer. I remember my dad was very insistent that we had one. He was like, this is the future. They need to learn this. I'm investing in their future by getting this computer. And there's me playing Adibu on it. <laughs> um, but we, we loved it. We had little we had a little timer by the computer, a little egg timer, and we set that to like ten minutes each and we each had ten minutes on the computer or like, you know, thirty minutes. As soon as that went off, the next the next one went on because I had two older brothers I have two older brothers, so we had to take it in turns. But that was my go to game, Adibo. It's funny, you and saying about it. this game, I, I can see the way the animation looks. Yeah. There was a very particular style of PC game um, or internet-based game. Mm. And they all looked like this. And it was all to do with, like, click. And yeah, and were, it animated as you clicked it. Yeah. I had I did play a couple of those kind of games, I've got to say. I loved it. And there was one that was like a baking challenge. So, you, like, you'd, like, plant flowers. Yeah. And there was a baking one where you, like, bake... Um, this stuff and you fed it to this monster thing it was just it was brilliant i loved it that's funny i remember one that was um it was a kind of a medieval dungeon based game that became really popular but it was the first time that i became aware of where you would make a payment for things you would buy like items and stuff and it was it was really ahead of its time because now I mean, you you purchase everything, don't you? Yeah. Digitally through games, you buy extra DLC. You can buy things for the game. Yeah. That was back then, mm. and it seems so. I mean, I never bought anything because I didn't have a, a way of doing it. But I remember some kids somehow. I don't forgot they got their parents to do it or whatever. But sorry, that's all right. Somehow they got their parents to uh, to buy them whatever it was in the game, gold or something. And it seems so scary, the idea of making a transaction online, you know. Yeah. Um, whereas now we do it without even, without even thinking. I can't say I've ever done that, like bought extra crystals. or F- I was very close with that My Little Pony game. Oh, you got pretty deep in that, didn't you? Yeah, it was before. I didn't have an iPad. I had like a, a little nook. It was called a nook. And I probably was, how old was I, like 18 I was way too old for this. But I downloaded this My Little Pony game um, and I was obsessed with it. I remember. Yeah, and you had to... It was like one of those games where you, like, hatched 
you know, like there's one where you like hatch dinosaurs and you incubate them, whatever, whatever. But this was like with the ponies. But I just, you got to a stage. It's like ponies and gems or something. But you got to a stage where you couldn't actually go any further without purchasing the gems. And I was like, I'm, I can't play this game anymore. <laughs> but like imagine being a kid and being, you know, I, I just played it on the train. But imagine if you were like a kid and you were playing that, you'd be like, Mom, buy me the gems. And they don't even exist. Like, well, you can't the... physically have this thing that you're buying. No. You're just giving money for, like, a, a, an inanimate object that doesn't exist. When you think of it in those terms, it really is it's crazy, isn't it? It's mad, isn't it? It's that's like, the, what, what, the strategy what? now. Yeah. That's so common. They'll, they'll make free-to-play games that, they get their um, sorry. They get their revenue through advertisement mm. and in-game purchases. Yeah, it's very, it's clever. It's really I see that all the time, actually, in-app purchases. Yeah, exactly. You know, some of the games that I've got on my Switch, mm. they're free up until a certain point. I'd never pay for them, but you can see how someone or a younger kid would be like, "I want, I need more gold. I need, <laughs> yeah, I need to buy this dragon <laughs> or whatever." <laughs> I mean, you're paying for the entertainment value yeah that you but you know if you have a free game you could equally say well the game is free so you can play it if you want to for free mm. and then everything else is up to you if you want to if you want to actually put money you're enjoying it and you want to put some money towards it yeah like what's 10 pound or something when games are like 50 60 quid if you buy them well now they're no. they've just talked about the release of the ps5 and the new xbox and the mm. games they're talking about retail values of about seventy pounds. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me. It no. really doesn't. I I remember because I never really got into um, PlayStation games, but I remember when you would like really want like a new game or something, and yeah. I'd be like, "It's fifty quid." Like, it's a lot. Like, it's a lot of money. <laughs> but you know, I get it if you enjoy it, and you ended up selling a lot of your games, so mm. you get the money back if you do it like that. You know, yeah. you play it and you sell it or you're going to keep playing it continuously well that will fade out very soon because i think particularly with the release of this new ps5 they're making a version which is this may already exist i don't know but for what i've seen they're making a a console with no disk drive it will be all digital and uh, one with a disk drive oh so you can choose you can choose either one. obviously mm. it's about 100 pounds difference between the two which is cheaper the no disk drive one so you would Everything you would get would be downloaded mm. digitally, which, to be honest, I can kind of see the the value in. You don't have to store games, you don't have to store films because you just download them too. Yeah, I think I would pay for the. I think I would get one without the yeah. driving. To be honest, well, your PS4 served you well. You've had that a long time. I had that the year after it came out, mm. and it's uh, it's got to be it's more than ten years old. That's mad, isn't it? And it's that lasted. served you so well. Yeah, and it's obviously it's come all the way to the other side of the world, where yeah. it began. <laughs> Ironically, <laughs> well, are they built in Japan? No, well, I wouldn't imagine. So they're probably they're probably uh, manufactured in China, but mm. Sony is you know that's Japanese. Oh yeah, yeah. So uh, it, it's funny because I think about you think now about the idea of a digital game, mm. but I remember when I was a kid and. So would you, playing games that were cartridges. 
Yeah. And they would get so dusty and you have to blow them oh, to God. get them to work sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> You'd put it in and there'd be like lines across it. You'd be like, oh, hold on a minute. And then this damn thing. <laughs> oh, it's like overheated. Just like got to pull it out to like cool it down. I know. Such a, yeah. such a difference. It really is. And it's moved so fast, like in our lifetime. Yeah. That's been invented. The computer's been invented and look where we are now. Like so quickly. Do you think it's caught up with itself though? I often think this, you know, because... You mean yeah, it's things, reached its... Yeah, like, has it reached its pinnacle? Because, I don't mean pinnacle, I mean the advancements, you think, from, let's say, the 90s, mm-hmm. like our experience thing, from the 90s up till 2020, they've, they've seemed very quick. Like, it increases in speed every year on year. Yeah. It accelerates faster. But... Within recent years, I think the differences that you've seen in technology seem smaller. Yeah, I know than what you they mean. have done previously year on year. You know, it's like what else do you need? You click it and it's there instantly. So you can't get any faster than that, can you? Exactly. How much faster is faster? Yeah. It becomes the difference. It's like in temperature. You know, mm. you know if you're if it's thirty six degrees outside, mm. and the next day it's thirty seven. It's like well. How do you feel? I feel hot. I can't tell the difference between the two as much, you know. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. So it's the same kind of sorry, it's the same kind of thing with speed. Mm. Um, but I'm yeah, sure I, like I tech like nerds know the difference. I'm sure they do. Maybe I'm talking absolute rubbish. I don't know, but I think to the average person, mm. it doesn't seem as noticeable the difference, you know. Yeah. Um, and it's also what you need. What does the average person need? Yeah. Because I've seen like this new phone. Out the new LG phone. That thing is. That it, like the screen. So, the front screen. Yeah. Detaches and sort of well, it doesn't. It stays attached, but it swivels, so it's um, landscape. It turns into like a T shape, doesn't it? Yeah, like a T. So you have you still hold in the back of the phone, but then the screen itself is um, goes into landscape, and that's good for if you're. If you want to film something, so you're still holding your phone. So basically it goes dual screen because then another screen appears um, underneath. So it's like a T-shaped screen. So for someone who likes filming stuff and is into photography and that kind of thing, that phone would be really good. But for your average Joe, I say that though, but now everybody's got Instagram, everybody's got TikTok, everybody's got... So, you know, I think it would be useful nowadays. I was just thinking, I was thinking like more older people that don't use those apps and stuff, they would have no use for that phone. It's definitely for a younger generation. Yeah, absolutely. Part of me can, I think it's really good that they're trying to make something that stands out. But also, I don't know, it's like you say, at what point does something become almost useless to people? I mean, if if I had that phone... So at the moment, if I go anywhere, I want to take, like, three cameras with me. Yeah. And my phone. Because they will have different uses. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> they have different, um, you know, like, lenses. And, and I like my film camera. I love the effect that that gives. But if I just had this phone, I wouldn't need any of those things. That's very true. Because it has all, all those features where it can make it look like it's film. Um and there's like a the the movie like rec- recording feature on there is just 
amazing. Yeah, it's mind-blowing, isn't it? Yeah, like the slow-mo and everything. It's like, how does the phone even work? Oh, yeah. You know, like, and then you've got something like iMovie, which crashes all the time. <laughs> yeah, it's so true. <laughs> and it's like, what, why, you know, how come, how come that those two it's things are like living in the same? Yeah. Yeah, that is weird. I think um, it still shocks me now that, so say the, let's say the iPhone that you've got, mm. you can take a picture and that, to my eyes, that could have been taken by any of you that the cameras. Yeah. The the difference, you know, the the gap is becoming so small, small. between those Especially things. because no one looks at them on a computer anymore. It's all viewed. Everyone looks at them on their phone or their iPad and, or, yeah. you know, so they don't, it doesn't need to be that high quality. Mm. Yeah. I, I remember um, a very, like, popular Instagrammer, she posted two photos and was like, which do you prefer? The iPhone one or the um, the one that was taken on my, like, Canon camera my brand new canon camera and they're like oh the iphone one yeah. and and she's like great i'll keep uploading on that because i can do it on my phone i can edit it on my phone and upload it straight away but if it's on the camera she's got to like transfer it across to either the phone or the computer where she would edit it and then upload it from there so it's a big difference isn't it yeah and for especially now where business and stuff is solely based a lot are based online. Mm. They need that. They need speed to be able yeah. to. Like I watch you use your AirDrop thing. Oh, it's it still great. blows my mind. Yeah. <laughs> the fact you can have something that can go between three or more devices mm. in the click of a finger. Yeah, is amazing. So I like edit a thumbnail on Procreate. Yeah. So I'll take the photo on my phone. Mm-hmm. I'll send it to my iPad. I'll put it on Procreate. I'll edit. It on there and then I'll send it to the, to the computer and upload it to YouTube from there. And you can, that can be done in a few minutes? Yeah. Well, not the editing of the Procreate, that takes a while. No. But again, even that process of editing, you're using the pencil. Yeah, which you know. is just magic. It's, it really is. Like yeah. you can just erase something. So I say I draw, I'm drawing a picture mm. And I go, oh, no, I don't like that line. I can just tap my two fingers on the screen one time and it erases it. Yeah. But whereas if I'm drawing, I'm actually drawing, I have to physically erase it. Well, something like that could ruin the whole piece entirely, couldn't it, you know? Yeah. Um, I know that's a, it, that's been a different medium. It's hard to compare the two things. But I think there was a point in time where... Um, it was more of a, a choice between like a physical medium and a digital medium. Yeah, Whereas that's now right. people's tolerance for waiting for things is so low that digital becomes the default option. Yeah. So what you might lose in the human element of the physical, mm. it almost doesn't matter anymore because people are like, yeah, but I need that thing now. Or businesses are like, mm. I need to produce this now. Yeah. So... When you mentioned about the the Instagrammer who said between this camera and this iPhone picture, do you think it's the fact that people have become more accustomed to the iPhone picture that they prefer the iPhone picture, or it's actually um, that it's actually in like the, the the specific quality aspect? I don't know. I really don't know because uh, so. I think that the iPhone camera 
made it so that it could suit people who were doing like full outfits and you know like the way the camera is is flattering yeah. for you taking a photo of yourself or you taking a photo of your friend you even have a portrait mode on there which gives you that differential focus mm. which you would pay thousands for on a good lens that's a good point you know like you would like pay so much money to have that much of a pinpoint of a focus yeah. on like a nice camera with a nice lens like I had a Sigma art lens 1.4 I think it was Mm. it was beautiful um but like the cost of that is almost as much as the phone itself yet this phone has like you know like (laughs) the same sort of effect and it's kind of annoying because it's like okay like I've I've spent time and money to save up to get this specific thing and you then prefer the thing which just seems so like everyone's got this phone. It's yeah. not as like special as this. That's quite irritating. Yeah, this product. Well, do I you, guess. Sorry, I've gone back to you. Sorry, I just had another train of thought. Like, yeah. do you think that artwork that is done digitally mm. is worth less than artwork that is done by hand, like by hand, um, physically, like on a, on a canvas or something? Hmm. Depends what you mean by worth less. Do you mean less effort's gone into it? No, like cost. Like you would buy. Oh, like as in buying a digital piece of art. Like a print, yeah, like a digital print, but something that has been done on a digital program, computer or something, or something that has been done with like oil paints on a canvas. What What would you think? Well. Like if you had a choice to go into a museum of each, one of each or something, what would you think would be more valuable? I mean, immediately as you said it, I thought the physical, you know, drawn, painted, whatever, by hand. Yeah. But saying that, as time's gone on, and you, a lot of the art that you look at on a day-to-day basis is through things like Instagram. Mm. Um, the stuff I, I see now that's done digitally is mind-blowing. Yeah. And I think if there was a certain type of thing that I look, I like looking at image-wise, I think I would just, just as likely to go and see it digitally, in a, you know, from a digital format as I would through mm. physically, which is kind of... I think that's a bit sad. I'm not sure. See, I, I think... That value comes with time. Yeah. Yeah, right. So I went to see this Salvador Dali museum here in Japan, very close to where we live, actually. Yeah. Um, there's a guy, apparently, who has a lot of money, and he just is a huge fan. So he's got this museum in the middle of seemingly nowhere, like in the countryside. <laughs> and I went to see it, and there was a piece that was... I'm so sorry, I don't know the name of it. I can't remember the name of it, but it it's huge. Yeah. It is enormous. It's bigger than our house. Well. Like, our house is really small. But it's... <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's doll like, house. <laughs> it's like four times the size of this wall. Really? Yeah. Like one, two, three, four. Like, this wall would be one quarter of it. Wow. And it's... um 
like if someone's a fan, they would know exactly what I'm talking about. But it's like a, um, an army of horses and people like coming forward. Oh, it's, it's the battle, isn't it? There's, yeah, it's the, a battle. It's a battle yeah. yeah. So I've never really been a fan, like a fan of Salvador Dali. His stuff's just a bit out there for me. Mm. But when I went to the museum and I could physically see and get so like close to it and see the actual paint strokes that is magical for me and the time that he would have put into it to paint these things whether he's really really good at it and it doesn't take as long as it would for me or you that's that's irrelevant it's like that just shows time but if you do something digitally and you can blow it up and pixelate you know make add pixels whatever whatever you don't know how long that's taken that could have taken five minutes or that could have taken i don't know however like five years yeah you don't know it depends on the artist and it depends on the program they're using or whatever whatever how much of it did they draw themselves how much did they get from a reference or whatever or a different piece of artwork you know and they used that but being able to see the individual paint strokes, there's no human on earth that could do that in 10 minutes. No. So it's kind of like, you know how long it takes because you're familiar with painting. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but of not, not everybody is familiar with <coughs> digital art. So you, you don't go to school and just, okay, we're going to have an art class now. We're going to do a digital painting yeah. on, on an iPad. Yeah. So you don't know how time-consuming that is, and it could just be just as time-consuming and just as valuable. But I think because you don't know as a uh, as a viewer, as a um, consumer, I guess I don't know uh, because you don't know the the value decreases. Do you I see what I mean? Yeah, I see absolutely what you're saying. I think from what you just said, though. There's part of the value that you cannot... Um, I, I'm not sure you could ever get from digital, even if it was projected onto, let's say, a wall of the same size, mm. is there's something in scale of art that, that let's say, that painting that you're talking about, the yeah. you know, four times our house kind of thing, there's something that could almost crush you in that like it's so overwhelming i imagine to go up to that thing and be you know yeah have this thing towering over you Mm. i don't know if i don't know if a digital beast could have that same effect because it's got it doesn't have the same texture you know well that's what i mean is like that's why i said like you could have done it this small on an ipad and blew it up to that size yeah like you didn't actually physically stand over the piece stand on the artwork canvas yeah. to be able to paint it, mm. which I imagine is what he did because it's that big. Well, yeah. So right. you, you imagine it. Like I, I stood and looked at that painting for ages, like 20 to 30 minutes. I was standing there at this one painting because it was just so mind-blowing to me. And I left a fan like, you know, like, wow, that took effort. But when you look online, yeah. is my point, you look online at his work, Oh, yeah, yeah, Salvador Dali, yeah, blah, 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 yeah. Like, it's not as impressive. No. But if, well, to somebody, you know, who might look at other digital work, but if you actually go in person and you physically see it, then it's like a completely different thing altogether. So really then, value 
is dependent on experience. Maybe, yeah. Like, in, unless you'd gone to that place to see that, mm. if you only saw the digital part of it, yeah, you'd be comparing that to other digital parts, which it might be less visually impressive that way. Yeah, but the other thing is with this is that's the original. Yeah, that yeah. is an original piece. There's no, There's no duplicates. Yeah. yeah, you cannot you cannot get it again. Mm. That's it. If like it caught on fire, that would be the only one. Yeah, like it's gone. But with digital things get copied so much. Like, how can you say I created this? This belongs to me, and this is the only piece, <laughs> unless you say like. There's only going to be 10 prints of this available. Yeah. That is the only way you can really increase the value of, of your own work because how else can you do it other than having something limited? You know, this is limited for you only. Like, I'm gonna, only going to print this once. Yeah. There's only one in the world. But then you could still print it again. Do you know what I mean? No, exactly. Like, you, you still have the digital copy. Yeah. Unless somehow there was a, a there was a way to just make it only viewable for your eyes only, and no one else could see it digitally. It comes back to that same thing as anticipation, doesn't it? Mm. Really, because even today, I, I found this um, this artist that I re I really love this print, and I found her print on like this wholesale website, which is like really really cheap. And obviously they've just gone to this other website, took it, just copied and pasted it and printed it on their bags. Yeah. And it's like, what, what, what can you do about that? Yeah. Like now the value is low because, you know, some person stole it and people are going to go and buy the bag from this cheaper website because they can. Yeah. I feel in that, that respect you're talking about, I feel really bad for a lot of creators and mm. you know artists and anything where you're creating something it's so difficult now to be able to hold on to your uh, what is it like intellectual property you know something yeah. that you create it's so difficult to just say this is mine i created this thing mm. because the minute it goes into the digital world boom, it's off yeah that's it you know and it's replicated over and over in mm. millions of times with if it becomes popular yeah. and you have, imagine trying to reel it back in. It's like letting loads of fish out and yeah. hoping that you can bring them all back in again from the ocean. It just doesn't. No, yeah. once it's out there, it's out there. Yeah. It's kind of scary, isn't it? It really is. And, that, and that's another thing as well. When you're in a museum or like an art exhibition, you cannot take photos. You yeah. can't take photos. So it's like. It's a good point. It's, it's like this belongs here and yeah. you can only see it here and there's nowhere online that you can see it but even if it was it was not the same as seeing it in person no so it's kind of like i don't know it's more of an experience yeah that way rather than a commodity mm. i think as with a lot of things you know you can imagine um we were talking about cinema earlier on you can imagine the early days of cinema they wouldn't be expecting a you know, they would have to go back to the same place to go and watch it again. Yeah. And then after a period of time, it would be gone. It would never, never see that thing again. And they did, yeah. Yeah. But there was a spectacle in that too. It's the mm. same with a show or a performance, you know. Um, you would go and see that performance uh, once for, yeah. you know, how many times within a run. 
mm. that lasts for, and it's gone. Yeah. There's That's what I, I something do love really about special in that. The theatre. Yeah. I really hope that that never changes. Like well, that becomes digital, you can buy a ticket online and watch it from your home. Yeah. No. Like, I really hope that never changes. <laughs> well, you, you need to keep, you need to be able to keep that alive, don't you? Because as well, the, the amazing part of theatre is that even though you're watching the same story, you know, over and over again for a period of time, every night's different. Yeah. They can't possibly act it in the same way. No. So... And you and I know, because we both did acting, we both have been on stage and been in shows, you and I know every night is different. Every time there's like a little thing that happens like, oh my God, did you see me drop my hat that time? And oh, I had to improvise because so-and-so forgot his lines. or Someone falls over. Yeah, or like I forgot my prop, so I had to like, again, improvise and... The aud- there's something magical in the audience not knowing that it was different from the previous night, but um, like you say, like you say, every single show is different. So there's something exciting about that too. Well, also every audience is different too. That's true. And they interact. That's true. You know the the feeling that you get from Back. an audience influences the way that the you are as an actor. Mm, no, that's very true. I think I actually don't know if there's anything else that compares to it. No, it's so fluid. It changes every single time in performance. Yeah. And and we would do like, uh, how would you call it, like character interaction meet and greets. Yeah. So we'd be like certain characters and meet people. And that would be different too. Like you have to read the room. Yeah. As you walk in, there's like a vibe from the room. The people are either super party people, very out there, totally accepting of you coming up dressed like the Mad Hatter or whatever, <laughs> Jack Skellington, whatever, you know. They're, yeah. they're either totally accepting of that or they're like, get away from me, you weirdo. <laughs> like it's up to you as like a, a character and an actor whether to push that into like a comedic value like this guy feels really awkward I'm gonna follow him around all night (laughs) or to sort of be like okay this is not the time to do that this is more of kind of a I'm gonna just go and hang with the people that want me around so it is yeah there is something it's a big game of psychology isn't it yeah because sometimes you can have an interaction and it will be the it will be the highlight of the night it'll be Mm -hmm. the best thing ever because that person will just they'll vibe off your character really well or there will be times when you're almost uh, having to back away because you've done something that really upsets the person or they don't like whatever you, you know, I mean, you made them feel uncomfortable, for example, and there's a hostile reaction from them, yeah. you know, and you're like, okay, that's not going to work with them. Yeah, I mean, generally, if people act like that, the other people around them think they're a bit of a fool and you end up getting a bigger laugh out of it if you kind of... Well, then you play to the other people. The other people, yeah. Which... Makes them the the person who's trying to act the big man mm. look a little smaller, and yeah. it, again, it's all psychology, isn't it? Yeah, but you you sort of yeah, you definitely read the room, and you know when is the time to like, okay, yeah, that's enough with this guy. Let's go and see somebody else. Yeah, absolutely. What's your like funniest memory of that? Because we we would do it quite a lot. We'd go to these like really nice parties, and we'd be in character and. Is there like something that sticks out, a particular person that you met in character or? I remember, I think I was dressed as a, it was like a blue clown. Okay, yeah. And I was on stilts. Mm. And 
there was people were coming past me to get into the entrance and I don't know whether the guy didn't notice I was there because weirdly enough as tall as you are sometimes you don't get seen straight away yeah there's a lot of it's, going it's on. almost because you're not in their eye level that they don't see this massive you know person yeah. right up towering above them but there's also a lot going on yeah there'll be like other characters and it's like a circus you know so it's a lot to, take a lot in, to look it? at yeah so I went behind this guy and he was kind of balding on top but the wind was blowing against his hair Mm. and this singular piece that he'd folded over, you know, Mm -hmm. to to disguise that. I started playing with it because it was sort of flopping in the breeze, (laughs) you know. And uh, at first he turned around to me and his his face was like thunder. Yeah. And when I did it, I kept my character Mm. but also played into it too. I was like, oh. Oh, like you'd upset like him. Like I shouldn't have been playing with this yeah, hair, like a obviously. Clown. <laughs> and he was probably a little conscious of it as well because, you know, mm. that's what humans do. But his friends saw because they were facing me. Oh, no. So they burst out laughing. Yeah. And then after he turned around to me and then he heard his friends laughing, you could see the the humiliation and the anger went Suffering, almost yeah. immediately. You yeah, know? And yeah, then he yeah. started laughing. And so yeah, I kept playing, with his, kept playing with his hair and mm. stuff. Um, I, t- I tried to like juggle it with my hand from something. Oh <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Well, I remember this event. It was like a charity. Um, it was a, char- a celebrity charity event. Well, yeah. So he was probably someone who was well known either in the community yeah. or. And we were on the door with the paparazzi yeah. there. So I remember this specific event. But like a lot of them were like either boxers as well, weren't they? There was like some boxers there or like. Yeah. Yeah, there was like, I remember there was like quite a few people but that we maybe wouldn't know, you know, like smaller celebrities too, like you're not as well known and some more that we would know. But I recognise a few, but yeah, a lot were probably more in, the, in the business like, sector maybe. Like, you're just yeah. like, oh, I know him, but you don't know where from. Yeah. Yeah, but you just, it, it doesn't matter if, if you're a clown. You don't know who he is. Do you know what I mean? That's your character. You're, of course, you're a blue yeah. clown. The, the you don't clown doesn't TV. know who they are. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So, yeah, it's, there's something really special in that as but You well. get away with a lot more too, you know. Oh, absolutely. It's funny yeah. though because I, <laughs> I don't know if it was at the same time. I was playing around with this guy's hair and a photographer in the very near distance, I heard him go, <laughs> give us a photo. <laughs> Like a, he's probably a cockney bloke. Give yeah. us a photo. And so then he turned round and I was doing that with his hair, I think, and he mm. took a picture of that. Do you um do you have a good example of that kind of interaction with people where it was funny or Yeah, so many like specific people like stand out to me. Um that I can remember, like characterful people that are in themselves are like just like mad because I think you have to be a certain type of person to want people like that characters and interactive mm. like actors at your party it has to be you have to be it have to be like a children's party or you're a big kid yourself so there's definitely those people that love it and love being around you and just totally get your vibe totally want to be on your wavelength and be in your world whatever yeah. it is but I remember this woman um, my favourite character was probably the tree that I loved being. Yeah, so it was character. like, um, yeah, on stilts, a big tree. So there was like a male and a female. And um, 
and I played it very like ethereal and kind of floaty, floaty and slow, like more like like a ballerina, you know. So, and I remember this woman; she was like full on hippie, like <laughs> stereotypical, like like amazing dress, and she had like a peacock feather in her hair, and um, and as soon as she saw me, even though I'm wearing a mask, there's no face. Like, she, my face is very, very plain in this mask. It's like a big piece of bark. And I was, like, touching her face. And somehow she knew that I'd said that I liked her dress and the way she looked. And I was, like, really enchanted with her and just ignoring everyone else. And, like, as soon as I saw her, I was like, oh, she's, like, my spiritual like fairy or something. <laughs> and because the party was, like, fairy-themed. And she was just enamoured with me. Like, she kept bringing her friends back to, look, look, she loves me, look, watch this. And, like, you know, and how, like, every time I saw her, I'd be like, I'd, like, make, like, a thing about it. And she loved it. She absolutely loved it. And she'd be like, you're so beautiful. I adore you and whatever. And this was from the moment she walked in, so I was like, so she's not drunk. So <laughs> <laughs> it was like, natural. E- either way, it was like, how can I have that interaction with you when I'm not talking to you and you cannot see my face at all? Yet you you can feel my feelings, and now you're you're having the best night ever because you're like, look at this magical tree that's like in love with me. It's amazing, and she, and she it was just incredible. Like I'll never forget that in particular interaction yeah it just goes to show doesn't it that, that sometimes things that are moments in time mm. they're, they're just priceless they really are yeah. you know they're yeah. worth so much oh there's there's nothing like being you know say like a princess or something like that and seeing that joy in a child's eyes that's just like yeah. and that's connected with you like it's just absolutely magical especially with those particular characters that I was on about the trees like because they're very scary there there is no smiles there but the children somehow don't feel intimidated by it Mm. they're just drawn to it and it's there's just something magical about communicating without words without face expressions and just being able to feel that oh this giant thing is not going to hurt me yeah and I want to be its friend I want to hold its hand. That's like, so true. There's just something, just just being a performer, there's just, you cannot even explain it unless you're in that role and you can see it through your own eyes. You can see the magic and the wonder that you have created just by being there. Yeah. Just by being in that costume and, you know, there's just, and, and seeing as well, one of my favourite things, seeing adults' eyes turn to children's eyes. Yeah. It's just like they're immediately transported back to childhood and they're in this, like, magical place. And there is just... You you can't do that in any other way. No, I think in performance there is something really specific in mm. that effect it can have. No, you're, you're absolutely right. It's very like, special. You know, it's like you do, like, a Willy Wonka party or something like that. And, like... I've seen it time and time again. Adults have walked into the room and been like, oh, my gosh. Like, 
transported right back to childhood and all their worries, everything that's gone on in the day, all their work troubles, everything, gone. Yeah. And then they're over the moon, like, happiness, like, joy just to talk to you. And be like, oh, tell me everything. Where did you come from? And you're like, oh, well, I'm from a magical fairy land called blah, 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 blah. And you just talk to them and they're like, this is it. This is my life for the next five hours and I adore it. Yeah. It's magical. No, you're right. Absolutely. You can see that's why the that's why the theatre is so special, isn't it? Yeah. Something that can't be replicated in any other kind of thing. Mm. No, good point there, Joe. I think let's bring it to an end there. Yeah, I'm sorry. Every time I talk about that, I'm just very passionate about it. It's something that I absolutely I don't apologise. I agree with you. I think it's it's so true. Yeah. It's very special. And it's, it's special to our lives as well. It's something we experience. And yeah. no doubt we'll experience again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because I'm sure. Because that's what we do. Okay. Um, well, thanks for listening to this podcast. And if I could just point you to our Twitter page. Yeah, so if you search for at Our Weird Life Pod on Twitter... And on Facebook, Our Weird Life Podcast. Give our pages a like or drop a comment. Send a message if there's something you'd like us to talk about or anything like that. Yeah, because a few weeks ago we said we'd have an email set up, but we're not going to do that. We're just going to go through the Twitter and the Facebook page. I think that would be a little easier. Yeah, and it also would be nice to develop a community too. Yeah, absolutely, because we don't know who's listening right now. We don't know if... We've, we see that we have some listeners, but we don't know who you are. <laughs> so it'd be great to kind of see any requests or anything you want to ask us or to, for us to talk about. Or or even draw our attention to as far as... Um, yeah, just say hello. Whatever. Yeah, yeah, what you enjoy and what you'd like to hear more of. That'd be fun. That'd be good. So on Twitter, at Our Weird Life Pod, and on Facebook, Our Weird Life Podcast. Okay. Yep. yep. We'll uh, We'll see you again, speak to you again soon. For yes. another one. That would be nice. <laughs> Take care. Have a good week. See you. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.